Thanks for joining us today on the Jesus Famous Podcast. Today we're talking about how to do good work. And rather than giving you a bunch of hacks and ways to streamline your schedule and your productivity, we're going to talk about the nature and character of our hearts. So let's dive into this conversation about how we can do good work today. gotta ask you, you know, you've been pastoring for quite a while. Would you say it's been most of your life that you've been pastoring? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you weren't pastoring, what job do you think that you would take on? I've thought about that before. <laughs> On my darkest moments. <laughs> Usually when I think about it, though, it's, it's because the you know, pastoral work is just mounted up on me and I'm just in a moment. You oh, yeah. Know, and it passes real before quickly. Before the sabbatical. Before Don't the, worry, yeah. anybody. I love pastoring. <laughs> I mean, to me, it's the dream job. So it, it, yes. in one sense, it's super hard for me to imagine doing anything Totally. Else. I get that. A lot of senior pastors, I think, would envision themselves being in some form of leadership in a different organization because yeah, yeah. they have leadership chops and gifts and abilities. And uh, I, I have those, mm-hmm. but... I think when I consider what else I would do, it would be complete <laughs> anonymity. Okay. Not public at all. No lights on you. No microphone. Nobody knows me. And just like going through the motions where I can have headphones in and just be listening to books. So like UPS man. Oh, yeah. You know, something like that. That's kind of like on my days where it's just like, <laughs> oh, I can't think about this anymore. This is my brain is spinning. Hey. I just something super simple, repeatable. That that's a, I'd probably last like six weeks. Yeah, right. You know? I know what you but mean. But there's some times where it's like, oh, man. I'd there's something appealing about being able to have a job where you start with something measurable. At the end of the day, you can measure it again and be like, I got that done. Yeah, I got X amount of boxes delivered, yeah, packages moved. delivered. Yeah. yeah, but like I don't like attention. Yeah, I, I get do that. not like attention. So, mm-hmm. as a pastor, you're you get attention. You know, like yeah. people are looking at you, talking to you. You know, and I love relationships, and I oh, love absolutely. you know having genuine interactions with people. So that's what helps me push past all that. But. I I don't like being in front of people for being in front of people's sake. I like being in front of people if I have a word to share. And so God's given us this Bible and I love to share it. But if I wasn't doing that, then it's like, I I just don't need attention (laughs) at all. At least that's what I think. I love that. It's so funny how God uses those, well, that he puts us sometimes in places that maybe we're not the most comfortable, but he sees that there can be effect there and uses our weakness for his strength and everything. But I just love that UPS driver. I want to keep that in mind. I was wondering if you're going to say like strongman contest, if you're just going to be a trainer or not, but you know, before I, before I felt called by the Lord into ministry, I uh, was studying, I studied in high school and was planning on doing it in college, uh, like media arts. So I I enjoyed being in front of a camera and that way I could, I could present So I thought, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe like broadcasting or something like that, you know, working in radio or whatever, which is interesting to me because I get Mm -hmm. to do a lot of that, you know, now, but I I think probably as the years have gone by, it's like, Oh, you know, if I, if I, if I had to do something different, I don't think I'd want to be in front of anybody. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny, man. 
Well, do I, I love this message that we talked about last weekend, um, how to do good work. The cool thing for me about this message, Nate, was that it wasn't full of a bunch of tips on how to be more effective or mm -hmm. more productive, mm -hmm. how to cut out hours of your work week, how to hustle. It wasn't anything like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the three-hour work week. I yeah, <laughs> that's the new book. But it wasn't anything like that. It was all about character, which I thought was so applicable to everybody's work life. And so right. thanks for breaking down um, scripture to help us see that work is more than what you do. It's about who you are and who you're becoming yeah. and all that. And you that. know me. like I, yeah. I love all the work that people have done on mm -hmm. productivity. And uh, I've certainly got in my research and preparation for this series, you know, an accumulation of highlights from all the Kindle mm. books I've read over the years that, yeah. I, oh man, I would love to talk to them about how they schedule their mornings out. And I would love to talk to them hey, about, yeah. you know, zero, uh, based e email inboxes. And I would love to talk to them about batching their email. I'd love to talk to them about all these different things, but really this teaching just came out of the word. Like, I think mm -hmm. I had lots of preconceived ideas of what I might talk about when I talked wow. about how to do good work. Right. But at the end of the day, for me, the way I teach, it comes down to selecting a passage of scripture, which normally I don't have to choose the individual section mm -hmm. I'm choosing just which book and then I go through it. But right now I'm choosing individual passages right. to communicate these themes. And then I just had to let the text talk. Yeah. And as I let the text talk, it was, you know, it's God's word. So it just got to those more core issues. Hmm. Yeah. I love that. It's a topical series to some degree, but it's all very rooted in scripture, which I've been really appreciative of. And I thought we could talk about the different points you made on Sunday um, from the text that you preached. The first thing that you talked about was, um, you know, you do good work for your master in heaven, which is such a cool concept to think about because what you were explaining is that, you know, you're employed by someone, maybe you're self-employed, um, you're employed by someone, or maybe you're the owner and, you know, you're accountable to your shareholders, whoever it might be, but... Um, so somebody is above you, but as a Christian, you're not just working for your employer. You're working for the honor and pleasure of our King Jesus. And that affects everything you do in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And so rather than just trying to think through like, how do I act as a Christian in my workplace? You're talking about like, well, this is who you're really pleasing. And that's going to really impact the way you even serve your right. employer. So I wanted to ask about just that concept, because um, that might be a fresh concept for a lot of us. I know for me, that was like a really impactful way of thinking about my work. If I was to do a daily check-in, you know, with Jesus, like I would do with my employer, like with you, I mean, I see you every day, you're my boss, and I get some kind of feedback from you daily about work, what I'm thinking about, and that really helps me as I'm just kind of staying on pace for the things in front of me. If I'm working for Jesus and I'm having daily check-ins with him to know like that I'm on pace with what he wants for my life. What are some of the things that you think that we should do as Christians to be on pace with what God wants us to be doing as employees? Does that make sense? Like if I'm checking in with Jesus, like what would he be stoked about that I'm doing in my work environment? Um, because like for you and me, like I, I know like when I'm working, 
I'll ask you things. You'll give me feedback. I know I'm on the right track. What are the things that we need to be checking in with Jesus about day in and day out when our when we're in our workplaces to know that, yeah, I'm still living as a Christian in my work environment. I'm still pleasing God in my work environment. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, great question. I mean, it's it's a overall this mentality, like you said, yes. that there is a boss behind the boss. And if you think about what Paul said to the bond servants in the church in Colossae, you know, mm-hmm. he said, "You're serving your." Uh, the Lord, you're, you're, you're uh, operating in the fear of the Lord. And then it's to the masters that he said, you're serving your master in heaven. Hmm. So the masters were replicated, so to speak, in a healthier, better way yeah. in heaven. So you could almost think about it like, well, what's the title of the authority in your work structure? Hmm. And well, your CEO. Well, you've got a CEO in heaven. Your manager, well, you've got a manager in heaven. So that mentality that behind the authority in your life, in your workplace, there's God, there's your Lord. He is the greater authority in your life. So, you know, some of the things that I think Jesus is concerned with Mm -hmm. is, uh, for instance, you need to be asking the Lord in, you know, your quiet times as you're going throughout the day, Lord, are you pleased with how I just treated the Hmm. people I just interacted with, Mm -hmm. you know, did I, was I overly harsh with anybody? Was I dishonest with anybody? Was I belittling towards someone in the organization? Was I uh, quick tempered Hmm. with somebody? Did I talk over somebody to where I wasn't listening to them? I'm not saying that you can't be firm in the workplace or clear or direct in the workplace or have strong expectations. You can have all of those things, but there's a way that you treat other people in that Mm -hmm. process. And of course, the Lord is very concerned with Mm -hmm. that. So I think getting in the habit of asking the Lord, how Mm -hmm. do you feel about the way that I've been treating the people that I work with or the clients that I have, um, how, how, What's your perspective? I think uh, also you want to ask the Lord to weigh in on the decisions that you've mm. made. Yeah. Uh, you know, are you pleased with my decisions? Are a- am I um, taking shortcuts? Am I cheating anyone? Am I uh, selling or promoting something that is you know ripping people off or? Mm. Um, bettering our position at their expense? Am I adding value to their lives truly? Or am I uh, trying to trick them? And really, I know I'm making their life worse, but I'm improving ours because now we've got their money. Um, Am I doing, uh, uh, providing a quality service or am I not? And then I think just getting down to the core, honest stuff of, Lord, before you, Hmm. am I working my hardest? Am I being as diligent as I should? Am I stealing from my employer Mm -hmm. by wasting time or being on the phone? Am I doing things like that? Or am I giving everything that I should be giving? And I think just a constant like inviting Jesus into that space is, is important. Now, of course, 
You can also go to the Lord with just needing things like wisdom for big decisions that you're making or for better strategies and how to implement those and asking him because all truth is his truth, asking him for wisdom. You know, how, how do I do this better? What are those tips and tricks that I should employ in my work right. to make myself more efficient? And, you know, probably even asking him balance, like work-life balance questions. Mm -hmm. You know, Lord, am I pleasing you in the time that I'm committing to my church and my church mm -hmm. family and the time that I'm committing to my actual family and my friendships and these key relationships? Or am I giving too much to my workplace? Am I giving too little to my workplace? I think it's an, a constant assessment with the Lord. But somehow, whether it's in your quiet time or just as you go through your work day to be asking the Lord, are you pleased with what I'm doing right now? Wow. Those are great questions to ask. I think you nailed it on the head. There's a question I feel like I always ask myself at the end of the day and it's, was today a courageous day or a cowardly day? That's good. And, um, that's like kind of one barometer I have for like, was that a good work day or not a good work day? But asking those questions that you just mentioned kind of throughout the day as you're interacting with people and, projects and clients, whatever it might be, man, what a great way to stay on mission for Jesus yeah, and, when and you, still be faithful. Yeah. And when you fail, you know, in that, sorry for interrupting please, you, no, when you please. fail for, you know, the way that you treated somebody mm -hmm. also representing your master in heaven and obeying him by going and making it right. I yeah. mean, that speaks volumes mm -hmm. and that's definitely what the Lord wants. It's not just yeah. a, I got to improve on that next time. Sometimes it's going back to that person that, mm -hmm you're maybe even a superior too and saying, Hey, you know what? I need to let you know that wasn't right. The way mm -hmm. I treated you, I apologize. I'm a, I'm a Christian. I try not to mm -hmm. treat people that way and please forgive me. I, I won't do that in yeah. the future. Um, you know, that kind of thing. I think that really represents the Lord. Well, yeah. Hey, Amen. I wanted to ask you about this point about working with the right heart. There is a verse that you pulled out to talk about, um, and it's something that Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I remember the first time I heard you break down this verse, it was years ago, and you were talking about the concept that, um, you know, it's not just about like, what you're feeling and that's where your treasure is going to be. Mm -hmm. Treasure is not going to follow your feelings. You know, treasure is going to follow your investments to some degree and your feelings kind of follow those um, investments. But I thought that you could kind of talk us through that a little bit here because I mean, just selfishly, it's one of those points in scripture that's really spoke to me about where to really find joy in your work. Mm. If you're just like not feeling it someday, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like placing your treasure into your work. Like there's actually something that happens to your soul, like when you invest yeah. in it. Yeah. So can you talk to us about that verse a little bit and how it relates to our sure? Like what happens to our heart? Like when yeah, we're, I've, I've we're love that. that that verse, that concept from Jesus. And of course it's got a monetary context to it. The whole mm -hmm. passage in, around it is all about money. Yeah. Uh, and he uses the word treasure and it's a word for money. Mm -hmm. um, but the thing that you've heard me talk about before is that what we think naturally is that the truth is where your heart is there, your treasure yes. will be also. Mm -hmm. So, Whatever I'm interested in, whatever I'm inclined to, whatever I'm passionate for, that's inevitably where I'm going to put my time and my hmm. energy and my talents, my treasure. 
But Jesus said it's the other way around. Where you put your treasure, where you decide to place it, what you decide to invest it in, eventually your heart is going to go in that direction. Now, in the original context, Jesus was saying you should invest your financial treasure in things that are of eternal significance hmm. because it's like you're storing up treasure in heaven when you do that. And where your treasure is in heaven, hmm. there will your heart be also. So you're going to be about the kingdom of heaven if you take your time and treasure and you invest it in the heavenly things. Hmm. But it just seems like we could extrapolate out from that and if we have a perhaps a little bit broader definition of treasure than just money and we say my treasure is what I'm responsible for the things mm -hmm. that are mine that God has entrusted into my care so things like my money but also my time and my energy if I take those things and I put them into a place then my heart is going to follow. Mm -hmm. So I just was wondering aloud in the sermon, mm -hmm. is it possible for us when we're not feeling really enthusiastic for our work and not really excited about it, for us to decide to treasure it, to throw ourselves mm -hmm. into it, to give it our best, and then see if our heart will follow along and, yeah. and the motivations will develop as time goes by. Mm. Uh, that could be a good indication that you're in the right work or the wrong work. If that mm. heart never follows, then perhaps the Lord's trying to show wow. you something that, hey, this is, isn't really the thing for you. Um, and you probably just have to get back to just the raw experience mm. of I'm doing this for my master in heaven. And that's really what it is. Yeah. Um, but I think that some life can come back to our work if we see it as something that as we treasure it, our hearts can catch up to that treasure. Wow. I love that. That kind of goes right into the last point you had about working for the ultimate reward. And I loved your, <laughs> you said there's a paycheck behind the paycheck that you know, you're working today and there's a paycheck that's coming your way physically, but there is that treasure in heaven that you were just talking about. There's this inheritance. Mm -hmm. I love that concept that we are adopted into the family. We have an inheritance coming. Our work matters to Jesus and um, it's just so important. So I wanted to ask you about stewardship because you had talked about that a little bit with this point. And stewardship is so interesting to me because Stewardship requires that you just take responsibility for everything in your life to some degree, you know? And there are things that we have in our work that we just don't want to do. And we were just talking about that a little bit. As we're just considering, you know, working for Jesus, we're pleasing our employer, we're, we're trying to serve the people around us. There are things that we don't want to do sometimes. How do we begin to have this heart where we do want to steward everything around us more than just like what we have to do, but maybe going like above and beyond in our work and seeing what really needs to happen in our workplaces and inserting ourselves into those environments. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but I'm just kind of thinking about the person who maybe is working in a uh, I, I keep thinking about in and out when we're talking about it. I don't know why I keep thinking about it, but just 
cranking out these french fries they have their job maybe they're not really passionate about it maybe they want to be doing management or something like that they're stewarding their responsibility well by doing what right what's in front of them but if they really want to take care of the the company the people around them they'll probably go a little bit outside of that to some degree i imagine as they're looking at the people around them and the responsibilities that are um may not being totally fulfilled um how do we gain a passion, not just for our work right in front of us, but for everything in front of us in our workplaces? Does that make sense? Having more of a mindset, like more than just our tasks, but caring about the whole company, the whole experience that we're a part so of. So how does the French fry maker care about the entire in and out chain? That's what I, I feel like I'm trying to like... Just because I feel like, I don't know if anybody else is like me, but I can just be so like task oriented sometimes. I get so granular that I just kind of forget about like the bigger picture me is what I'm trying to say. How can we steward the bigger picture of our workplaces? Well, I mean, I think sometimes we have to recognize that we are finite and we can't. Hmm. Uh, You know, we should care about the overall success, but we have to break it down into our small part that we play in mm-hmm. the overall success. And sometimes we're just smaller than mm-hmm. we'd like to be. And our impact isn't massive because it's the nature of our work at that time. Mm-hmm. But the idea of stewardship is what the opportunity is in front of you today can lead to greater opportunities tomorrow if you do them really well today. Amen. So like the example I used in the teaching was Joseph and his adventure into Egypt. Yes. When he was first sold into slavery, he really couldn't think about the betterment of the entire Egyptian culture. Mm-hmm. He couldn't think about decisions and policies that could impact the known world at that time. Uh, But eventually he would Hmm. uh, because he became the second most powerful man just under Pharaoh. So how did that opportunity unfold for him? Was it it because he began caring about those things when he was just making the French fries Hmm. at Potiphar's house? No, he was just faithful with the opportunity that was in Hmm. front of him. And he made the absolute best Mm -hmm. of that situation and went above and beyond right there in his sphere couldn't go beyond it. I mean, the Bible Mm. talks about this. Paul talks about in his own life, a sphere of influence. Every Christian has a sphere of influence that is God ordained, that God Mm. has given to them. And it's God's decision to increase that. So what you want to be is faithful with and in your sphere Mm. so that God can increase and bring you into a greater sphere Mm -hmm. of responsibility. So I think the question is, do you see yourself as a a manager or an owner? So an Hmm. owner, you know, they, it's theirs. It all belongs to them, but that's not what we are. We're Hmm. managers. We have an owner that we report to. So the health that I have and, you know, God's been really good to me. He's given me great physical health throughout Hmm. my life. And I've been very conscious of the fact that, Not everyone around me has good physical health and I might not always have good Mm -hmm. physical health, but because I do, and I have a pretty high energy level and 
Uh, I'm able to, you know, get to sleep real easily and quickly. I could take a 10 minute nap at the drop of a hat and get reinvigorated <laughs> for the day. And I've, I'm, I'm fairly fit. Like all these things I recognize like, okay, I have to steward that. Yeah. That means right. that God is expecting something from my life. I don't own this health. It's something that he's entrusted into my care. Uh, every position that I've ever had, you know, those are not mine. They belong to God. They're his. He has given that to me. He's entrusted that to me. So do I, do I see myself as that? Like I'm managing this for God. I, I want to hmm. produce something with this for God. It goes back to the parables or the stories that Jesus told uh, various times in the gospels about the master who went away on a long journey and entrusted to various servants, usually three servants, various uh, amounts of money or responsibilities and he departed they didn't own those talents or those minas or that money but they were stewards of it and the idea was we're here to cultivate that to produce mm. something more for the master so that when he returns he's pleased with what we've produced with what he's given to us but it all belongs to him so for me, when I was 18 years old and I sensed from God a calling to teach the word, that became a stewardship that God hmm. deposited into my life. Uh, it wasn't for me to sit back and just say, well, I'll just wait for the opportunities and whatever you know God wants to do. It's up to him. And I'm just going to kind of go about my life. No, I realized I got to study. I got to prepare. Mm. I got to mm. think deeply. I got to take opportunities. And when I have opportunities, I need to work really hard so that they lead to more opportunities. I need to study the craft. I need to get better and better at this. I need to keep my life holy and godly mm. and pure so that I can be the right person right. for the task of preaching, like all kinds of things mm. that just became a stewardship right there in that moment. So are, do you own your life or are you a steward of your wow. life? The Bible teaches that you're a steward, but a lot of us are running around like owners. Well, we're not. There's an owner in heaven. So we've got to be thinking about ourselves in the right way. So I don't know if that answers your question. You kind of threw out a lot of things you're processing <laughs> as you were talking to me. But uh, I think that's, that's uh, where we've got to be. Dude, that just speaks to me so deeply. I love that. And, um, this work series, Nate has just been incredible. It, it, like, I mean, I think you can tell, like even my brain's being like rewired a little bit, things are getting plugged, unplugged and plugged back in. And it's just like so refreshing to see what scripture says about how to steward our time and our resources for his glory and for the benefit of others. So thank you for this message. We have one more teaching in the series or two? I think so. Yeah. So, I mean, today I want to wrap it up like I did in the message on Sunday because, uh, I, you know, when you're thinking about things like this, it's very easy to get real moralistic with all yeah. of it. Like here's how to do good work. Right. Here's what I got to do. And man, I'm not measuring up to that, but all these things in scripture, here's Paul talking to a bunch of slaves, a bunch of bond servants yes. about how to respond to their master in mm -hmm. heaven. And all these things in scriptures, they point us to someone else, you know? Mm -hmm. So 
when you fail, not if you fail, but when you fail <laughs> in your work and you're yeah. not doing it in a way that is for your master in heaven or you're not doing it with the right heart or you're not doing it for the right eternal rewards when that happens, because it certainly oh, yeah. will happen. Just praise God that the servant who was always obedient came. Amen. He died on the cross for you. Receive his grace afresh and continue to move out with him in just mm. growing and being sanctified and becoming more like that perfect worker, Jesus, mm. you know, that perfect servant. But yeah, we've got, I think, one more teaching on um, work and money. And so I'm wrestling with that this week. We'll see if it bleeds out cool. into a couple of teachings, but probably just one more. That's great. That was the encouragement, man. Thank you so much for the teaching and um, for your wisdom today. Stoked for the rest of this series. And uh, if you guys are listening to this right now still, please go to calvary.com, grab the teachings in this series. You can also visit nateholders.com for any more resources about this series. But thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Nate, for the conversation. We pray that today's discussion has blessed you. For more information and to take the discussion further, you can visit nateholdridge.com for additional articles and content. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like, subscribe, and share so we can continue to reach people and make Jesus famous in our lives and the lives around us. Until next time, God bless.